You're listening to the Holistic Lifestyle Guide Podcast, the show that guides you on your holistic lifestyle journey to a healthy body, mind, and soul aligned with nature. Hello and welcome to episode number 60 of the Holistic Lifestyle Guide Podcast. This episode is going to be about the Mediterranean diet. So I'm going to talk about the basics Um, I'm not going to overwhelm you. You're going to get all the information that you need without any extra, but enough to get started instantly. So why am I doing an episode on this diet as opposed to any other diet? This is a diet that has gotten mentioned quite often in the health and wellness world, more so than most other diets, and there's a good reason for this. The Mediterranean diet is a little different than the others because it doesn't just focus on a healthy weight, but it also focuses on improving one's overall health, specifically heart health. It is considered one of the easiest and healthiest ways to eat. So it's easy to follow and it's very flexible. So let's start with a few uh, benefits of this diet because once you know the benefits, it might inspire you to eat a Mediterranean diet more often. So here are some of the benefits, aside from the fact that it's simple to follow without a lot of restrictions. It is a heart-healthy diet. If you are concerned about your cardiovascular health, if you have health problems or high blood pressure, then this is definitely the diet for you. Another benefit is it is simple to follow. If you focus on vegetables and fruits, um, nuts and seeds, healthy fats and oils, poultry and fish, then that's pretty much what this diet is made of. Pretty simple stuff. Many of these foods you already love, probably, and are most likely included in this diet. Another benefit is that you get the most important nutrients. If you've ever been on a diet, you know that one of the drawbacks is dealing with a vitamin deficiency. Maybe you did low carb and didn't get enough um, electrolytes, or you were a vegetarian and didn't get enough protein. If you struggle balancing nutrients, it's much easier to do with this diet. So I really started to become serious about this diet when I got the Harvard Medical School Review, they put out this book, um, it's called The Diet Review. I'm not sure if it's still available. This was a special health report um, from a couple years ago. So when I read what they said about it, I was convinced and I'm gonna read to you some, some highlights from what they said about it. So they do studies on all these diets. They've actually done studies on like 30 diets, and this was one of the best ones. So they have here um, a little box that says Mediterranean diet, is it a good choice? And so the direct evidence that they have to um, back this up is abundant observational studies as well as some randomized control clinical trials demonstrate that the Mediterranean diet can reduce chronic disease risk. So the indirect evidence is research supports the benefits of plant-based diets as well as the benefits of olive oil. And I'm not sure why that's considered indirect because plant-based diets are pretty proven to be one of the healthiest ways to eat, if not the healthiest. This is balanced. 
This is moderately affordable and moderately easy to follow. I actually think it's way affordable and way easy to follow. So um, that's just my personal opinion. So what is the good that they say about this diet? It says here, many research studies, both observational and clinical, support the health benefits of the Mediterranean diet. It is easy to find recipes for Mediterranean style recipes because the Mediterranean region includes several countries with unique culinary histories. There is a lot of diversity in how to use and how to flavor the staple foods. And I think that might be why I like it so much because I like simple and I like easy and I like knowing the staple foods of a diet and then knowing the ways that I can mix and match the flavors and the ways that you can make those foods. So that's one of the reasons why I like it. And so then for the bad, they actually listed nothing, which is rare because most of the diets that are out there, there's something bad about them. So here's what they said about this diet coming from uh, a mixed perspective. Following this diet closely may feel time consuming since it involves more shopping and cooking than you may be used to. Staple foods may not be available or affordable in all parts of the country or during times of the year. So that's something to think about. However, I will say I live in the United States and I have had no problem finding these foods. Um, and I actually like shopping and cooking and I like meal planning. So if you do like those things, then that will not be a problem for you at all. And, and actually, it's really not that much of a problem anyway. I think they're just being a little picky about that because, you know, when you think of the Mediterranean food list, which I'm going to go through in a minute, you'll find that these things are pretty basic, pretty easy to find, pretty easy to mix and match with different things. So now I'm going to go over that food list. So if you are listening along with a pen and pencil, a pen and paper handy, grab those things and you can write down this list that I'm about to give you. Or you can go to my blog post where I have it written out and you can read it and copy it from there. So here's what you want to do. There, this is why I love this diet because they don't have specific rules and guidelines. They have uh, like a, I wanna say the word lax. It's very lax guideline um, on what to eat. And here's what they say. Here are the lists of foods that you should eat most of the time. And then here is the list of foods that you should eat in moderation. And that's basically as simple as it gets. So if you are not, if you're looking for a diet that's not strict, you're going to love this one. All right. So here are the foods that you want to eat mostly. So you want to have your diet mostly containing these foods. There's about 10 to 15 of them on here. So here's the first one. The first one is oil, and that is cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil. So the reason why this is included as a food, because it is pretty crucial to a lot of the cooking methods um, and a lot of the foods because they are, they focus a lot on salads and um, with, when it comes to olive oil, you do not want to use it with high heat. You want to use it mainly cold. So it's the perfect oil for salad dressings or you know putting on something later on after you've done the cooking part of it 
So you want to remember that use cold pressed extra virgin olive oil and mainly use it cold, not with high heat. The next thing on this list is vinegar. And this is also used in um, salads, salad dressings. And this is a staple of that. And you can get flavored vinegars as well. So if you're thinking, ooh, vinegar is harsh. It is, but it's, it's one of those um, flavors that we need. It's, um, it's got that tanginess and it's very versatile. Um, I like to use balsamic vinegar a lot. That's a really good ingredient for a lot of things too. So like I said, there's a lot of different flavors of vinegar. You'll find one that, that you like. The next thing on this list is legumes. Now legumes is a umbrella term for a lot of other things like lentils and peas, beans, chickpeas, and this also includes hummus, which is made from chickpeas. These are protein and very good for you and they are perfect for putting with rice. You might have heard of, I, I've talked about Ayurveda quite often and one of the main Ayurveda dishes is kitchari. And what kitchari is, is a mix of rice and legumes, usually lentils. And that is actually a meal that Ayurveda detox centers will use for you to go on like a fast, only you're not really fasting, you're eating this kitchari. And because the lentils mixed with the rice and the spices will help to clean you out, it'll help you to detox, it'll help your digestive system, very, very easy to digest. So that is a great recipe to look up and legumes is a great thing to add to your list. And that's a perfect example of something that is versatile you can make so many things out of any of those items that I listed, especially beans. There's a lot of different kinds of beans. So yeah, that's a great one. The next one on this list is nuts and seeds and they are perfect little snack. Um, the only exception to this, I believe is peanuts because not only are a lot of people allergic to peanuts, but peanuts are high in saturated fat. And I've heard a lot of negative things about eating peanuts. Um, they are so good there. I could practically eat half of a can in one sitting if I really tried, but uh, I don't think that I've eaten peanuts since I heard that they were the least healthiest nut. What you want are things like walnuts. Um, they're really good for your brain. You also want pecans, Brazil nuts. They're really good. They've got a lot of selenium in them and they're good for your mental health. Um, pistachios are really good, um, macadamia nuts are really good, things like that. And when it comes to seeds, you want to eat things like pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, um, chia seeds. Those are all great ones. The next thing on this list is leafy greens. This should come as no surprise because leafy greens are probably one of the healthiest things you can eat. And so this would be things like lettuce, um, I guess lettuce is the only thing that comes to mind, but there's so many kinds of lettuce. If you eat salads or start eating salads, there are probably 20 plus different types of lettuces out there. There's mustard greens, those are really healthy. Kale is really healthy. Romaine lettuce is really healthy. So what you don't want is iceberg lettuce. Iceberg lettuce is the most Ugh, there's there's no nutrients in it hardly and this is why 
fast food places use romaine lettuce because it's cheap. It's not very nutritious. It's basically just water in a food form and I mean it's not bad for you don't get me wrong but it's not going to have the pro um, it's not going to have all of the good minerals and vitamins that regular you know other leafy greens have the next one on this list is vegetables of course this is probably the biggest one as well because vegetables is something that you really can't get too much of them um, almost every diet is going to recommend that you eat vegetables and there's so many vegetables out there. If you don't like them, you are bound to find something if you just search enough. Um, so like I never really liked vegetables. I always thought I don't like any of them except for maybe corn, potatoes, you know, things like that. But, and you know, you can eat those. Those are fine. But I think when it comes to healthy vegetables, what they're really referring to here are things like cruciferous vegetables, broccoli and cauliflower, um, squash, and a lot of the things that are colorful. So beets are really good. You really want to get a wide variety of colors. And the next one on this list is herbs and spices. And the reason why I am such a fan of herbs and spices is because you can make almost any meal taste instantly better with herbs and spices. And not only that, but Herbs in particular are healing. So there are many different types of herbs. There's herbs that you can use in cooking and there's the herbs that you can use, um, like let's say you wanna make a tea if you're sick, you know, things like that. And, and spices of, of course are perfect for flavoring your food. I mean, that's one of the main th reasons why kitchery is so good because there's a couple different spices mixed together that are all put in, in, in herbs as well. So herbs and spices are your friend. And I really, I push them a lot. I've actually got another podcast episode about them that you should find after this if you're interested in learning the basics about how to use herbs and spices in your cooking and in your life to make yourself healthier. So I'll, I'll stop there because there's so much to say about herbs and spices, but those, you really can't go wrong. There's really no such thing as an unhealthy herbs or spice. So go crazy with them. The next thing on this list is rice, and so there's a little um, caveat here. What you do not want is minute rice, and that is the most common rice that you see. It's the cheapest rice you can find, but what you really want are the, the types of rices that come from like India, like the jasmine rice, basmati rice, brown rice is good too. Those are three that I kind of rotate between the, the three of them. So brown rice is good because it has not been stripped of its fiber. And the reason why that is good is because when you're eating rice, you're not, when you're eating brown rice, I should say, you're not getting inundated with all the carbs. You're, the fiber will help slow down the absorption of those carbs. And it's, it's a balance. You want to have a little bit of all those things. And jasmine and basmati rice are both white. However, they're a little bit healthier than, than minute rice. Um, I also should note here that um, long grain rice, like wild rice, is really good too. Um, just kind of rotate through all these. You, the, what you don't want to do is eat the same kind all the time. And that also goes for pasta, which is the next one on this list. Um, so you want to find pasta that is made from things like lentils. You can even find chickpea pasta. 
You can find pasta made from vegetables. Whole grain pasta is really good. What you don't want is just the, the you know, I, I call it white pasta, but it's, it's the yellow color, you know, like macaroni noodles, the basic ones that you probably were gro grown up eating. Those are basically stripped of all of their nutrients. And that's why they're called enriched, because anytime you're eating something made from enriched flour, you're basically eating um, something that's been stripped of all of its goodness. And they say that they add it back in, but it's not the same. It's processed. So when you're looking for pasta, you want to find the ones that are made from non-refined pasta uh, flour. And, and now it's they're, it's they're getting a little better about it. When you go to a grocery store, it's so much easier to find this pasta made from alternative ingredients rather than, you know, flour that's been enriched. So the next one on this list is chicken. And this is probably what I eat the most when it comes to animal protein. Um, seafood is also good. That's on this list as well. A lot of these Mediterranean countries are on living on the ocean, you know, on the coast. And so they're getting seafood all the time. And so seafood's good. Um, there's a lot of, I don't wanna say conspiracy, but controversy maybe about seafood and having a lot of mercury in it. So it's a tough call. Like I don't eat seafood much. I like salmon and I like some different types of fish, but I'm into tuna good, but I'm not into like, uh, what's it, lobster or shrimp. So I'm not knowledgeable about those things, but I do know that if you are a big fan of seafood, you probably have already heard this, that a lot of it has a lot of mercury content in it. So there's ways around that. Um, you can dive deeper into that subject if you want. Like I said, I'm not the expert on seafood. I just know that it, if it doesn't have any mercury, then you're probably good. But I like chicken more, so I can eat chicken a lot and I don't get sick of it. It's it's better for you than ground beef, I think. And I, I don't think the Mediterranean diet has a lot of beef in it, actually. They um, more eat chicken and they eat free range chicken. You know, the, the kind that grew up outside eating grass. So they're not gonna be chickens from a chicken factory, <laughs> you know, like those big old places that don't have much ventilation and the chicken can't move around. That is what you do not want. So when you're looking for chicken, look for free range or pasture raised. Pasture raised is probably the better term and the one that would be what you're looking for. And then the last one on this list is fruit. And I should have mentioned that with vegetables because they're kind of the same as far as being um, very important. Um, there's a wide variety of fruits out there and what you want is different colors of fruits. You want to get a rainbow. So you want blueberries, you want um, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, kiwi, things like that. Bananas. Um, a lot of people kind of worry about fruit because they think, oh, doesn't it have a lot of sugar in it? But the thing is, when you eat fruit whole, you're actually getting all of the um, parts of it the way nature intended. So fruit actually is healthy when you eat it by itself. Um, you don't want to be juicing it, which is, you know, a lot of people think juicing is so healthy 
And it's fine when you're sick and you're going through like a fast or detoxing for a day or two, but you're just getting flooded with sugar all at once because, you know, if you're eating the fruit whole, your body has to assimilate it. And so you're getting all of the stuff slower and that's what makes it better for you. So remember that when it comes to fruit, get your color variety and also don't juice it. So those were all the foods that you should eat most of. And now the second section is the foods that you should eat in moderation. So these are things that you should eat sparingly, occasionally. And by that, I mean at most, maybe once a week or even less if you can. So the first thing on this list is beef. And like I already kind of went into that, but um, if you do eat beef, let's say you want to eat it three or four times a week, you should look into grass-fed beef. And you probably heard this before because this is pretty common now. You want pasture-raised cows that have not been eating grain and corn because that's not what they eat in the natural in their natural habitat. So basically, I would recommend eating beef once a week or less. And um, there might be some exceptions, like um, a lot of men like to eat beef more, more often than women. And also women that are menstruating might be concerned with losing iron. Or if you're trying to build muscle, you know, that's another reason why you might want to eat more beef. But I still wouldn't eat it every day. I wouldn't cut it out completely though, because like I said, I think it's important for us to have beef for some reasons. But like I said, it's gotta be grass-fed. I don't even buy the the old kind of beef anymore that I was raised on, you know, which is factory farmed beef. Same with chicken, you know. And also same with seafood. There are actually fish factories that, you know, the fish aren't in the wild, they're in a pool. So I think it's very, it's gonna go a long way where you get your protein sources. The next thing on this list of eating in moderation is some dairy. So you want to eat things like eggs and yogurt, but you don't want to eat them every day. They are high in fat, but if you eat organic versions of these things like organic eggs and also Greek yogurt is better for you than like the Yoplait, you know, everybody's seen Yoplait. Um, that's got a lot of sugar in it. so. I would totally stick to Greek yogurt and you can flavor it with fruit. You can flavor it with stevia, which is a natural sweetener. Um, when it comes to milk, you probably would prefer, if you're trying to follow this diet anyway, you probably would want to get goat milk as opposed to cow's milk. It does taste a little bit stronger. Um, it's probably an acquired taste. Um, you can also go with the oat milk and almond milk and things like that. And then also cheeses. So things like Parmesan, mozzarella, ricotta, or feta cheese, those are pretty popular in the Mediterranean diet. However, they eat them in moderation. They don't cover everything in them. They also don't eat them at every meal. I would say, you know, I myself only eat cheese maybe once every week or two. And I usually stick to either Parmesan or mozzarella because Personally, those are just the ones that I like. Um, Parmesan is actually one of the best cheeses out there if you if you want to go buy the healthiest types of cheese. Um, 
I think cheddar probably would be one of the worst because cheddar is um, one of the yellow cheeses. And I, I want to say that I heard this before that hard cheese is better for you than soft cheese. And I think that might come down to the way that it's um, the way that it ages. I think when you when you hear about Parmesan cheese, it's usually aged. And that's, you know, that's something that the Mediterranean people were really into. So um, I think I've kind of covered as far as uh, the food list. And now I'm going to go over a sample menu that this Harvard Medical School diet review gives. So just in case you're curious to what you would eat in a day if you were on this diet, we'll start with breakfast. Breakfast, a good breakfast would be a vegetable frittata with whole grain toast and fresh fruit. So a frittata is, I, I believe it's something like an egg thing, kind of like a, an omelet. That might even be another name for omelet. Um, so again, using whole or organic eggs and whole grain toast. So when it comes to bread, I didn't cover bread really yet, but whole grain is better when it comes to pasta or bread. So always look for whole grain. And then fresh fruit, of course, that's, that's a perfect breakfast. And then for lunch, they have listed here lentil, farro, and vegetable soup. So I like to eat lunch as a bigger meal of the day. This is what Ayurveda recommends because it's the middle of the day where the, you know, the sun is burning the hottest, where you have the most energy, most likely. And so your digestive system is going to be working better. It's going to be more efficient at digesting in the middle of the day. So I think eating a big lunch is a great idea compared to the dinner. You want to have a smaller dinner. However, the sample menu that they give here has just a, a you know, a soup for lunch, which, you know, I personally, I don't like, I don't like soups too much, especially in the summer. I don't, I don't think I've ever eaten a soup in the summer, but that's, you know, filling. It's got lentils, which is protein, and vegetables, which is good. So do with that information what you want. And then for dinner, they have listed salmon, whole grain pilaf, roasted vegetables, green salad with olive oil vinaigrette. And as you can tell, that's a bigger meal than soup. And I would, personally, what I would do is I would switch those two. I would eat the salmon for lunch and have the soup for dinner. And then um, I also wanted to mention, so the salad, they say to eat it with the olive oil vinaigrette. So you can make your own salad dressing, which is a really amazing way to cut calories and save money. Because when you look at the ingredients of the salad dressings, most often they're going to include sugar. They're probably going to include a lot of ingredients you can't pronounce and food colorings and you can honestly make something just as good yourself and you can do it for far less money. I've seen some salad dressings that were 10 to $15 for a bottle. And I, I can guarantee you that you can make your own much cheaper. And so that would include olive oil, like I said. Olive oil is perfect for salad dressings. And then vinegar, some type of vinegar, which was the second ingredient on the list that you should eat a lot of or drink a lot of, I should say, whatever. Um, and then you can also put things like lemon juice in there, um, pepper and salt. 
uh, I'm blanking on some of these other ingredients. Um, there's a lot of different homemade salad dressings that I've made and I'm kind of forgetting right now what they were, but they're basic ingredients. They're basic, cheap ingredients that you probably have at home and you can just throw together and make a really good salad dressing. And then the last thing on this sample menu is a snack. Their snack recommendation is raw vegetables with hummus and string cheese. Now, I personally love hummus. Um, you can make it yourself. It's quite um, hard to make yourself, though. I found that it it gets chunky. It's because of the chickpea color uh, casings. And I, I've tried making it after peeling those casings off, and it's fine. It's good. But I, I, I've kind of gotten out of that habit. You can buy it yourself. You can make it whatever you choose. And hummus is, is basically a dip it ends up being a dip um so they they recommend to use raw vegetables with it which would be really good things with it like carrots celery um and cauliflower basically i also sometimes splurge a little bit and i eat my hummus with things like that bread it's called non bread n-a-a-n and i think you can find that in almost any grocery store it's probably not as healthy as vegetables of course but i sometimes i just like to eat it that way and some type of crackers that no crackers normally aren't good but if you can find some good whole grain crackers then even better and i just like them because of the crunch and then string cheese i think what they mean by by string cheese would probably be mozzarella because Mozzarella is one of the most common Mediterranean diet cheeses. I, I personally don't like mozzarella by itself, but I like to eat it with tomatoes and basil. That's a combination that's really good. So if you like mozzarella, give that a try. So one last note, it should go without saying, but with any good diet, you want to include none or very little of the usual bad things like sugar, fast food, processed foods, pastries, candy bars, you know, <laughs> all the things like that. And so you're not going to see any of those things listed in the Mediterranean diet. So, you know, when you, when you look at the, when you look at all the other diets, I think that the Mediterranean diet really covers more ground when it comes to foods that people eat. Like for example, spaghetti. You can eat spaghetti on the Mediterranean diet. You can eat pizza. You know, they might just not be ordering from your local Domino's, you know, for the pizza. <laughs> but you can make your own really healthy, really good pizza. So um, it's very easy with this diet to mix and match whatever you like. And that's why I like it so much. Um, like I said, rice, gr whole grains, pasta, lentils, leafy greens, vegetables, chicken, sprinkle on some cheese, nuts, and seeds, dried fruit, and there you go. This can make a salad, you can make a hot meal, you can, you know, or even like a Buddha bowl type of meal, just mixing all of it together. And remember to use herbs and spices as well, because, you know, and you can even use vinegar, honey, citrus peels, anything like that that's natural and whole. You can use those things for flavor rather than using the processed dressings that have, like I said, all that sugar, all that fat. They usually put salt in there. I mean, you can put your own type of salt in there without having it be the bad kind. You, know? <laughs> you can use the Himalayan pink salt. You can use Celtic sea salt. 
So when you're making these things yourself, you, you have more control. So I hope this was a helpful uh, podcast episode for you. Um, and I hope that you got some inspiration and some really good ideas for things that you can eat. If you want some re- um, information, more resources on this diet, of course, you can go right to Google and and check out, you know, Mediterranean recipes. There is a couple of good websites that I want to recommend, though. One of them is called The Mediterranean Dish, and the other one is called Old Ways. I will leave links in the show notes to get to those, and basically that's it. I hope you loved this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to help support this podcast, please share it on social media or consider donating. And if you want to keep up with everything that I'm doing, you can find all of the links at holisticlifestyleguide.com and you can sign up to get freebies every week and updates and information that I share about living a healthy, holistic lifestyle. Thank you again and have a great week.